Welcome to the Two Hmong Boys Podcast, where your hosts, Chu and Meng, give our hottest takes on current events and Hmong topics. So join us each week and sit back, relax, and jai ipa. Hey y'all, welcome to our fourth episode of Two Mom Boys. We're glad you guys are tuning in today. We have a special day for everyone. We are your hosts, Chu and Meng. And on today's show, as Chu mentioned, it's a very special day. It's Mother's Day. And so we've got a lot of content in our show today that's going to be revolving around mothers. So Chu and I participated in this great project for Mother's Day for the Storycloth Shop. Um, you guys can check them out on Facebook, the Storycloth Shop. And it involved having our children say one thing they love about their mothers in a video format. So when I did this with my daughter, Chu, uh, she was like, I don't know what I love about mommy. <laughs> and I was like, well, do your best to think of something. Like, there's got to be something mm-hmm. you love. And then she was like, I love that mommy lets me sleep with her. I'm like, see, there you go. That's something. <laughs> because when she's with me, I don't let her sleep with me. I kind of make mm-hmm. her sleep in her own bed. But she's a mommy's girl, so she gets oh, her yeah. Because it's hard to watch porn while your kid's in bed. <laughs> so what did your kid say? Well, yeah, so I had them do this yesterday, and the first thing, well, I have three kids, so boy, boy, girl. My oldest is, like, 12, so he's, like, a preteen, so he's, like, close to that emo stage already. He's so awkward right now, but uh, my two little ones are six and seven, so they're so innocent and still, like, uh, genuine and honest. So I asked them, I was like, so what do you guys uh, love about your mom? I'm going to do a video tomorrow with you guys, and we're going to send it to this thing to do for your mom, yeah. Right away, the two little ones, like, her food, her food, you know? And then they're all, like, excited about it. I was like, what the fuck? Her food? I was like, oh, man. But my oldest one was, like, thinking and, like, pondering forever. Yeah. He couldn't think of one. I was like, okay, your assignment tonight is to think of something you love about your mom. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't love his mom. He's just really weird about you, it. You, know? you haven't raised <laughs> to be expressive about his feelings. No, no, no. I tried to be, but he's just, he's a different kid, you know? But going back to my two little ones, oh my god, dude, they're so funny. Like when they said that, I like literally laugh out loud. So even my wife would admit this, but she is not a good cook at all. <laughs> so, do you do most of the cooking or does she? Hell no, dude. I do not do most of the cooking at all. Oh, you better not complain if you want to keep eating. Dude, I already know that, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> my wife, we're on the same page. We have an open, um, open dialogue, you know. So we, you know, we understand each other. And she even admits that she's a bad cook, you know. Which uh, is true because I am a better cook than her, and she would even say that. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "You guys are so stupid, dude! Like, you guys like your mom's cookie? What's wrong with you guys?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, "Okay, whatever." But that's weird because I just I kept thinking about. It. I was like, "Oh my god, dude! Why the fuck would they say that?" And then I start thinking. I was like, I thought about all the times I asked my wife to cook for me, even when like we're not doing anything. It's like the weekend, and I don't work or anything, you know. And it's lunchtime, like. Hey, uh, can you cook us something, yo? <laughs> and then she's like, why? What the fuck? Why don't you just do it yourself? Stop being lazy. Yeah, I was like, right. what the fuck? Dude? That's not the point. You know, I just want you to cook me something. And then like, it made me like, realize something about myself. Food and love are like uh, synonymous. You know? mm-hmm. They go hand in hand. I, I never thought about that. You know? mm-hmm. It's not like I like her cooking. You know, I just want her to cook for me because I feel like that's a way of her expressing her love to me. You know? So I never thought of it that way. I was like, holy shit, dude. You know, that's so weird. 
yeah, I can relate with that too. Like, I think not so much from a spouse standpoint, because I, I didn't really see their cooking for me as a way of love, but definitely for my mom, that's how I saw it. Right. Like, because yeah. my mom, that relationship and how they showed love, right. They were never expressive of their feelings and saying they loved us, but instead they showed their love through us by doing things for us, taking care of us and especially mothers cooking for us. I've recently come to terms with it a little bit in terms of that's how my mom shows love and just mm-hmm. Just accept that for what it is instead of like trying to force her, well, mom, I want you to be expressive this way to me, right? Because that's how I want it. But it's just like, you know what? That's what my mom wants to do. I just need to accept that. So what I've been doing lately is, you know, whenever I go visit her, I will ask her to make me something, you know, Um, and it's never a chore for her. You know, people, people will tell me, man, like, why do that to your mother? She wants to rest. I'm like, no, you guys don't get it because she's going to feel great that, you know, her son needs her for something and she's going to feel great that she's able to do something for her son. So that's her expression of love, you know? Yeah. No, dude, I definitely agree with that. And I feel the same way because I, when I was in college and whenever I go back home, I'll ask my mom to cook me this or that. Like, for example, like she makes like a bomb as, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, or like yeah. a bomb ass food and then I was asked for yep. it and my mom would just make it just just like that mm-hmm. that same day like I didn't realize it then but that's her form of expressing her love towards me you know mm-hmm. and like when I was thinking about how I see love and food we talked about this earlier about uh trying to think of a happy moment with our mothers so I couldn't think of a single one so I talked to my wife about it and we were talking and then I was like well what what's your fondest memory of your mom you know and then she was telling me and I was like, everything she told me about was related to food. And that connected to food and love. That's our first understanding of our parents' love towards us. Mm-hmm. It's the food they provide for us, the food they make for us. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude, that's fucking deep. <laughs> dude, like, like I even remember when I was a kid and we were in Thailand, you know, mm-hmm. my sisters and them would take me to the garden so my mom could feed me like breast milk. Oh. So that's love. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> fuck you, dude. I don't That's remember. I don't remember, but those are real stories, though. They would always be like, you know, my mom, because you know how mothers like to tell you stories of how much they love, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they would tell stories of like, come on, you're a you know, the more me could not choke it in Jetalo. Dude, that's so funny, dude. <laughs> well, you know, going back to it, so, man, we just want to shout out our moms, you know, so. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to my mom and all the other moms out there. Yeah. So I just want to shout out my mom too. And I also want to shout out my mother-in-law. But unfortunately, she passed away last year. But still, like, she was always a really good mother-in-law to me. So, you know, we always miss her and we still love her. Yeah. So, yeah, Chu and I wanted to shout out our mothers and mothers in general, as well as dedicate an episode to Mother's Day because a mother is one of the most important people in the life of a Hmong man. For sure, dude. The reason why we say that is because, you know, our mothers are, you know, the ones that are always there to care for us. They're like there 24-7 whenever we have any problems, whenever we're hurt, whenever we're sad, we're happy. They're there for us 24-7 versus like our dads. If your dad is the same as my dad or any other mom dad, they always have to have their uh, me time and they're more of an authority figure. Yeah. So they have more time away from the family, from the kids. Yeah. And a mother's love is just endless, right? Yeah, and I can like probably generalize, you know, but you know, I probably won't be wrong about it. But I would say like most mom guys are mama's boys because that's how we are. We love our mom so much because they gave us everything. So like our relationship with them is one of our uh, most important relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So building on that, Chu and I wanted to talk a little bit about how we, Hmong sons, can support our mothers in this day and age, and specifically focused on kind of the environment where relationships are now breaking down as as mothers and fathers age. And, you know, Hmong men, quite frankly, are uh, finding other priorities in their life where mothers feel left behind. I wouldn't say breaking down, you know, like breaking down is a good term, but then maybe like another term would be like a rough patch. Sure. Like for um, male men, like our, our dads are like, or our uncles around that age is more of like a midlife crisis or like some kind of form of that that's causing them to uh, act out in this way, which is hurting our mothers. You know? We want to focus conversation on how we support our mothers because there is also a conversation to be had on how we address it with our fathers. And that's a different for conversation sure. for different days. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Chu, sure. why don't you start off and like your thoughts on, you know, how do we monk sons support our mothers as they go through this? So when this does happen, I've heard this from a friend before, you know, he was like, you know, if my dad cheats on my mom, I don't care. But if my mom ever cheats on my dad, fuck, she's dead to me. That's like, dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? That's fucked up, dude. Don't say that, you know. Because like, most of the time, when this happens, the victim is really our mothers, you know. Mm-hmm. And if, as a son, we should support her. You know, we should help her, uh, you know, instead of like shunning her. Right. Because in a lot of instances, you know, it is the males who decide to do this. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, I don't want to go into the dynamics of the relationship. Like, that's not for us to say where the relationship should go between, you know, let's say our mother or father. That's between them. But as you mentioned, the women will be the victims and they're the ones who are going to get the short end of the stick because in a lot of instances, they either become in law to someone new from Laos and overseas, or they become a bando in their late, you know, 50s and 60s. And that is like almost the last thing they want. And so that's why I think I see a lot of women decide to be the laws because they're just holding on to that attachment where their life is so defined by having a husband. Well, yeah, and that's the issue with our mom society, our culture is like we suppress our women so that we force them to rely upon the male. Mm-hmm. So like they're stuck in this limbo where like they're like, my husband is treating me like shit. I want to leave. But if I leave, I'm going to be looked upon as a bondo, which is like a negative reputation. Right. And that's where I think we as Hmong sons, that's where we come in and have to support our mothers. Us Hmong men need to reassure our mothers that we will be here for them if that were to happen and that they'll still be our mothers, our family, and kind of empower them to be able to leave if that's what they so choose instead of mm-hmm. the only option they have is to say they need to stay. Yeah, because, you know, like now we're so old now. We don't need them in that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be great if our parents could be, you know, in love forever until they right. you know, to die. But then if they do uh, separate, we don't need that mom and dad relationship we can still love both of them the same right you know we don't have to have them together if they're unhappy or they're if they're hurting each other or if the relationship is toxic you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's just that's just so important to let your mothers know that you are there because going back to what we said so much of their worth and value and the way they believe their worth and values is defined by having a husband and we need to do whatever we can to let them know that there's still worth and value to them Mm -hmm. outside of that and I know that's a lot easier said than done because there are so many women sure. that old because that's all they've been taught. They said, you know what? And things like that. So I don't know. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. You understand a little bit more about the ancestry and all that stuff of like well, why yeah. 
Bayern mothers might just feel like they can't leave because that is so important to them. Even though their sons are telling them, mom, it's a bad situation. We're here for you. You don't need to stick this out and be in Ila and embarrass like this. Yet so many mothers, mothers find it so hard to do that. Yeah. Well, that's definitely another, another dynamic that is so hard to get around because what our mothers fear the most is when they pass away. It's embarrassing if you're a divorcee and when you pass away, your siblings or your dalos, you know, your brothers, and then have to come bury you versus having your husband's family bury you. And then they're so, they still cling on to that, now, which is really sad, in my opinion. And it's hard to convince them otherwise. Like, it's so hard. So given how difficult it is for our mothers to leave, the most we as sons can do is just to reassure them that we will still support them and love them as their mother, no matter which route they choose. Yeah. And to do that, we have to have a real and honest conversation with them. First, we have to reassure them that, you know, it's not their fault. And sometimes things are just out of their control. Sometimes people have a change of heart and no matter what you do, you can't change that person. So, you know, they have to know that so that they're not so hard on themselves. Another thing is we need to let them know that if they do decide to leave, us kids, and the last thing we need to let them know is regardless if they decide to stay or leave, they can always come and stay with you so that they know that they always have a place to go whenever they're sad or they need time away, or, you know, if they do decide to leave, you know, they have a home still. Damn, that was uh, a bit too deep. (laughs) Stupid. Well, we're only going to get deeper in our next one then. So the next topic Chu and I wanted to talk about on this episode today for Mother's Day is one thing that Hmong wives should never make their husbands do. That one thing is to make your husband choose between his mother or you, his spouse. Yes, that is probably the struggle of every man in the world. I mean, unless their mother is like shit, you know, but uh, that's more of the exception than the norm. Yeah, so we're not talking about, you know, the evil mother-in-law that you live mm-hmm. with who, who just treats you like shit and, you know, you can't ever live any life of normalcy. You know, those are probably the exceptions more than the norm. You know, we're talking more so the normal situations where you are in the absence of that toxic dynamic between mother and ya. And quite simply put, I think in a lot of these situations, it's you're a ya with a husband who lives away from their mom and mm-hmm. you're not really around that influence most of the time. And so, too, I think the reason why Hmong women should never do this is because it just builds a lot of resentment in their husbands. Well, yeah. Well, truthfully, May, I can't really speak to this because... My wife is perfect, so, <laughs> so I don't have this problem, you know. And the other thing is, if I do want to stay married, this is the kind of stuff I talk about. <laughs> well, I'm not married any longer. Um, <laughs> and so I can share my personal story with our audience so that if we have women in our audience, they can truly understand what I mean when I say that. And so that maybe it's a bit more impactful for them to understand why they should never do this to their among husbands. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, was in a situation early in my marriage where I had to essentially choose between my wife or my mom and whoever I was not going to choose that night was going to be leaving the house. It basically sucked. It's a lose-lose situation yeah, at that point. For so, sure. <laughs> you know, you're back in the corner and of course I chose my wife at the time. 
because mm-hmm. she's the mother of my child. You know, she's a person who I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with, or at least thought so at that time. And so that's who I went with. And yeah, too, when I did that, man, after that, when I was going to sleep, Gusatoso, dude. <laughs> it was that bad. Dude, I agree. Dude. I, I don't blame you, dude. Because it's like, I do understand exactly what you said. Like, this is, you know, the mother of your child or your children, you know. This is your forever spouse, you know. So, of course, you would choose her. And I would tell most guys, too, if they ever got stuck in that situation, that they should probably be choosing their spouse. Because, again, your life is made with your spouse and it's not made with your mom. Mm-hmm. But I do want to be fair to my ex-wife, though, because people make mistakes. We, you know, we were relatively new in our marriage, so we were still working through a lot of issues and figuring out the boundaries of our marriage. And she did eventually realize that this was something that she should not have done. And she and my mom have addressed it, and they have gotten over it, and it never happened again. So I do want to give her credit for realizing it and fixing it with my mom. I think that takes a lot of character for a person to be able to realize that and to be able to admit and apologize and fix things from that situation. I feel like the reason why uh, women do this, you know, is because of their insecurities. They can't stand to have another woman in your life, even if it's your mom. To us, that's crazy. To them, that might be normal. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, what better way to prove your love to them than to make them choose between your mother and them? (laughs) Yeah, that is just the dumbest thing in the world to do. It is. But if the underlying issue is the woman feels a lack of love from her husband, then address that issue in a healthy way. And by making him validate and rank you at number one is not the healthy way to do that at the at the expense of his mom. And building on that, here's the impact that it had on me personally. It hurt me so much to have to do that to my mother. I'm pretty sure my mom cried all night when that happened and never told me about it because she wanted to spare my feelings even more. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, yeah, I picked my wife because that's who I was going to spend the rest of my life with. But I can tell you, I never forgave myself for that. I never forgave myself for what I did to my mom. To this day, I still don't think I have. And mm. I'm so ashamed about it. I can't even talk to my mom about that topic to even try to ask her for her forgiveness. Because the way I think about it, it's just like, how could a son ever do that to their own mother? You know? <laughs> for and sure, dude. And if she actually verbally forgives me, which I know she will, of course she's going to, but she's going to be like, yeah. it's, not, it's not going to help me feel any better about the fact that I did that. And I'm not going to lie to you, that became a problem in our relationship that I kind of just harbored and it was really hard for me to cover from. And even though, you know, my, my ex-wife and my mom, they worked through it, I never actually worked through it. And I know I owned that, you know, I know I needed to work through it. Mm-hmm. But every time I thought about that situation, I resented my ex-wife for putting me through that situation. So women, on one hand, think and feel great because a man is choosing them over their wife. But the implications of what that does to their Hmong husbands is I think it makes them resent their wife for doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's a huge issue. And the way I see it is there is a way through it, though. You know, you can overcome it still. If you can see it from your wife's point of view and fully understand where she's coming from, you could probably slowly start to forgive her because now you can understand her a little bit better as to why she acted out in that way, how that situation came about. I disagree, though. I can't think Mm -hmm. of a situation where that is ever a valid thing to do. It is based on selfishness. The reason is not because they need you to pick your mom over them. The reason is because they don't feel you love them enough. And so they need to address, like, why is it that they feel you don't love them? If, if they say they don't feel you don't love them because you won't choose your mom over them, that is dumb and selfish thinking. No, but that's not my point, though, Ming. 
my point is not not to put yourself in their shoe to validate what they did. It's to understand what they did and what led to it. You know, it's still wrong, but you know, if you sure. can understand them, then you can start to forgive them. Because you know, obviously, like for when you think about yourself, you know, when you've done something horribly wrong, you want someone to forgive you. But then, you know, when you did that, you didn't think that in that moment you weren't thinking that this is wrong. You're like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm gonna do what I want to do. But then that doesn't make it right. But then yeah. you still did it. I mean, I understand that. Like, I have come to like forgive her. The resentment was probably building because I never forgave myself. I could because no, I can understand that. No, no, no. I, I could yeah. definitely understand that because you know the few times I hurt my mom, like shit, I never forgiven myself either. Right. It's like almost impossible to forgive yourself because how the fuck can you ever do that to the women that gave birth to you and like yeah. gave you all this love? You know, so I yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah, and and like you said, put yourself to their shoes, and and then I sometimes I just wish it goes vice versa, right? Where I mm-hmm. think the the Hmong wife has to put herself in her husband's shoes if she's going to put him in a situation like that to understand how painful it is for him when he's forced to choose between his wife and his mom, and how it's a lose lose for him no matter what he does. The w- women just need to think of more tactful ways to feel loved by their husband instead of that. And you know, I would say to the Hmong wives out there, it's like imagine if your son did that to you. Mm-hmm. Would that hurt you? Now you might cop out and say, you know, I would be okay. Like my son can marry whatever he wants and I don't expect anything from my son, but you only say that until it actually happens. Yeah. And I think and a then, healthy way to go about this is to have this conversation before it comes about. Absolutely. And and that's a perfect point because I have had um, some girlfriends, like not girlfriends, like uh, romantic girlfriends, but like friends who are women, when they've gotten married, they have told me that the first thing their mother told them, uh, you know, as they're getting married, is like, that they should never ever make their husbands choose between her, the, the daughter, or his mom. And I think like that's the wisdom that would be great to be instilled in all home women. Yeah, but saying it and actually being in that situation is totally different. When you're thinking about it or talking about it, you know, you can you can be level-headed because you know you're not emotional about it. But where when you're actually in the situation, your emotions are crazy. And then that's where you will never know until you're actually in that situation. But no, knowing ahead of time what right or wrong is, is oh, better yeah. than not knowing oh, yeah, yeah. That's right or wrong is yeah. just be caught in that situation, right? Yeah. So yeah, my only point was, you know, just because you talk about it doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to go perfectly how you talked about, you know, it might not go that way. It might still go this crazy way. But you know, at least you guys had open dialogue about it first. So you guys knew that this could be a potential problem. You know, and that can help you foster a stronger relationship in the right. future. And that's what I probably say to like new couples who are getting married. It was like, mm-hmm. like you got to talk about boundaries and figure out what they are. And like, this is one thing that you probably just need to lay expectations on and make sure you're both on the same page so that when the wife is hitting a breaking point, like the husband knows that he needs to already step in before that happens, right? And to, and to help navigate that situation instead of letting his wife get to a point where then now he is stuck choosing. And- <laughs> I know I said this before, yo, but damn, dude, us men, mom, men, we we're not good listeners, man. When our <laughs> wife is like, "Your mom is pissing me off," we're like, "Okay, what's in there?" Like, <laughs> relax, you know. It's only one night, and then ten minutes later, they'll be like, "Hey, your mom's pissing me off," and you're like, "Dude, relax, it's okay." And then like like ten minutes later, like your mom's pissing me off. Like I told you, to relax, you know, and then like. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> this is what I told you. I, I fucking hate your mom, blah, blah, blah. Then it gets out of control. So we have to take our wives seriously the first time around. 
versus like brushing them off until it's a fucking nuclear warhead, you know, and that shit just fucking explodes, you know. So, bottom line, it's a tough situation, and both sides play a role in preventing it from happening. But at the end of the day, they should never make you choose. And the reason why we picked this specific topic is, I feel like this decision could be the make it or break it in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how important it is to like mom men our relationship with our mothers. You know, if your husband can't get over it, then it's never going to be the same. It's going to you know eventually break down, and you guys are going to get divorced. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to build. I want to build that because because what I'll say is like Hmong men, we can get over a lot of things. Oh yeah, I, I think like for sure, we're, we're pretty simple, right? We talked about what men want yeah. in our last episode, and it's like you know, if you don't love me, okay, maybe I can deal with that, right? If you don't do these other things, fine, I can probably deal with that. But like, if you don't respect me, and I think this falls right into the respect realm. It's like if you don't respect me, and you make me feel like shit for having to choose you over my mom. Like that is a very tough one to to work through. Well, yeah, because the fact that you said it yourself, like. You know, you never forgave yourself for this. That goes hand in hand with the respect, you know. Like, you made me feel so bad mm-hmm. that I can never get over this. That's really powerful, you know. And yeah. that's really and, important. And, and what I will say is um, now, knowing what I know now and my inability to have gotten over this, if I were ever put in that situation again, I'm choosing my mom. Because I know what that did to me and I don't ever want to go through that kind of pain again. And if I'm going to be with a spouse who doesn't know how to navigate that and will put me in a situation like that out of selfishness, that's not someone I want to deal with anyways. Well, yeah. And, you know, you only have one mom. Mm-hmm. You can have multiple wives. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. So Chu and I are going to bring back the Fab Five for Mother's Day. We put together a top five mother songs after listening to about 15 to 20 uh, mom or parent songs. And so Chu, I will start my. Number five song was Nia by Panya Zhang. Yeah, I like that one. When I listened to this song, I really liked the lyrics. Well, first of all, we know Panya, and to be honest. But Meng, let's just say it, dude. Panya, Meng, and us, we were in the same year in college. So, like, uh, I don't know about Meng, but we weren't really close friends, but we knew each other. And, you know, Panya won so many American Idol contests at the dorms. So I always remember her voice, and I always knew she was talented. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, you know, I've connected with Panya. A little bit more after moving up to cities here, y'all see her in and out and run into her quite a bit. So aside from it being Panya's song, like I said, I did like the lyrics. You know, I think one of the things that resonated with the lyrics is, you know, basically the song, the part there where no matter what I do in life and how frustrated I can get in my mom, like I know she will always love me. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of reminded me of one of David Yang's song, even though David Yang didn't have a mother song or at least one that we listened to. But David Yang has a song called Inhu, which is one of my favorite songs. And there's a line in there that goes that you know, you know, so basically like, find, song, yeah, <laughs> find somebody who will love you the way I love you, right? Yeah, for and sure. So, so Pinya's song here got me thinking of that, you know, in in the sense when we're talking about just how, how big a mother's love is. 
All right, so what was your number five? My number five was Nia Titsi by Deuce Khan. Okay. I know, like, when you listen to it, the production is kind of weak. So I didn't, I didn't really like the production, but then the words are so deep. Like, that's why yeah. I, I really like that one. Yeah, I didn't give it much of a chance because once I started listening, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't listen to this. The, the, vo- the music's too loud. The voice is too low, right? So I couldn't even put mm-hmm. the stuff together. Well, that's funny, though, because I like the low voice because it kind of reminds me of an OG voice. Uh-huh. And like an OG rapper, that's rare. So I, that's why I kind of like Deuce Khan. All right, Ming. Uh, so what's your number four? So number four was Nyatitsi by Kevin Yang featuring Kenny Lee. A lot of these songs have really good lyrics and they're all like true, but the lyrics in here talked about how our parents gave us everything, right? And without them, there is no us. They raised us. And we would have no value. And so I, I like the lyrics, but like for me, like rap r- really helps me relate to the lyrics. And so I think that's why uh, it made my list is, you know, the lyrics plus the rap. This was actually a song that my friend submitted mm-hmm. and I really liked it. But then there's so many good ones and it didn't make my top five either because there's just so many good ones. So I picked some of, some of the other ones instead. So going with that, you know, my fourth song is by The Low Swing. Oh, damn, this song is so fucking sad, dude. The chorus, when you're fucking like, I was like, fuck, dude, that's so fucking sad, dude. Yeah. It just hurt, like, it's hurt and it's so, like, meaningful, like, you know, if you ever do miss your mom, you see your mom and everything, you know? So that's why I really like this song. Yeah, when I listened to it, I was like, oh, man, this song is so sad. It didn't make my top five list because it talked a little bit about, like, your mother being gone. Mm-hmm. And that's right. And so I'm like, I can't relate to that completely. And, but, man, is it a sad song. Okay, so getting to number three, I would say my top three were the ones that I gave a little bit more thought into because it was just kind of like, hey, which mm-hmm. ones are really going to be the best ones? And... My number three was Guhune by Xiang Li. I liked this song a lot because like every single lyric in this song I could basically relate to except for the having two sons because I only have one daughter and not two sons but well, I have like, two sons so I can relate to that <laughs> <laughs> you can for your sons no no I didn't do that shit because I didn't have that kind of money my mom and dad wanted to kill a, or uh-huh. for my kids but then 
Uh, I wanted to do it myself because I didn't want that burden to fall on them. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't end up killing a cow because <laughs> shit, I'm not a high roller like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have a personal story with this song Chew. I first listened to that when I was drunk, and I was <laughs> like, "Dang, these lyrics are hitting the spot." And mm-hmm. so I sent it in our Facebook Messenger chat for my family, which has my mom, my dad, and stuff in there. And I sent it to my mom. I'm just like, "Hey, mom, listen to this." This song will tell you everything you need to know about how much I love you. <laughs> and you want to know what my mom said back? What's up? It's like, and they put like, oh my gosh. Like, do you want to say good, dude. That's good. Like, I didn't answer. I'm like, I'm not going to say yes because I basically said everything this song says, I feel. I'm just like, oh my gosh, mom. I can't wait with you. Oh my God. That's funny because uh, it's so. <laughs> I mean, I should have just said yes to answer a question to make her feel good, but I'm just like, this is not how our family expresses love. I'm sorry. Dude, you're such no. a horrible son, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so what was number three for you? Okay, so number three is kind of like a, uh, I guess, a tribute or homage to my mom and dad, I guess. The song is My Hyung, Mother's Day, Jimwoknia. <laughs> This one, like when I was in high school, um, my mom and dad really liked this artist. So they like had her CD. And whenever we go to uh, on a road trip, like, my mom, my dad, and me, like they always play this on the, in the car and then we'll just listen all the way. And I really like this song because, you know, like it's really sad because it's about like, like uh, it's Mother's Day, but then uh, her mom already passed away. But then, you know, all the stuff that she wanted to do for her mom, she can't because she's not there anymore. Or she wished that all the stuff that she could have done for her mom. So it's a really sad song, but then uh, it's pretty deep. Like the lyrics are good. I like her voice. You know, she does have like a older generation voice. So that's mm-hmm. why I kind of like the song. Yeah, I, I listened to the song. It, it didn't really stand out to me um, mm-hmm. too much, but I can see why you would like it. Oh well, yeah, I'm an OG dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I think um, you'll probably notice when I go to my top three is that my top three are probably less OG and more new school. Well, so, for sure. <laughs> number two. Number three is Chong Lee, and number two was Nyatu uh, Zinji by Mavu. This song was sad as fuck, Chu. Um, <laughs> okay. It was talking about, you know, the mom kind of being towards the end of her life, right? And it made me so sad. And I'm just kind of like, why is this sound so sad? You know, I think it was because it reminded me of the last few years of my grandma's life, where she was basically bedridden and wasn't really able to do anything, right? And so she just lived like that for many years. And I just kind of wish I had more time to visit my grandma when she was like that. And this song just made me imagine what if my mom was like that? And what if my mom was near the end of her life and, and it was bedridden kind of like that? And it just got me started thinking of like, going back to what you said before, it's like, you know, we're not a great son. Um, <laughs> and, just, and like, I can't even tell my mom, yes, and it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, I know I need to do something about that. And this song just kind of puts that thought in my head of like, you know what, you better do something about that sooner than later. 
because you may not have that opportunity to do it later and you should enjoy all these years that you have left with her uh, before it's too late. Definitely. I like this song too, but it was, yeah, it was so depressing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't relate to it too much. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's cool. It's a good song though. So my number two is Gelu the Gunia by Gong Cheng Hyung. <laughs> If you ever listen to this song, damn, dude, this song's so f- fucking deep, dude. At one point, I think the chorus is comparing your mother's tears to a river, your mother's like work ethic or her ability to work to the ocean, and comparing your mother's love to every fucking forest, twig, or tree in the whole world, you know? And I was like, damn, dude, that's fucking deep as fuck, dude. So I really like it, you know, because it's so, like, meaningful. This song, like, made me, like, sad for my mom that I can't express these exact words to her, you know? Sure. But you can just send her the song like I do and be like, Mom, listen to these words. <laughs> <laughs> we get to number ones here, right? Oh, shit. All right, all right. All right. My number one, well, no surprise to me, is Complijon by White Shadows. This song is my number one because honestly, this song has always been my all-time favorite mom and dad song. You know, I listened to a lot of White Shadows growing up. And so I found this song a long time ago. And so they're just such a good band. You know, I think the lyrics, the lyrics express absolutely everything I want to express with my parents. And again, that's why a lot of these songs resonate to me. I remember, I think we made a slideshow for my parents mm-hmm. at some, um, I don't know if it's my graduation party or if it's like Mother's Day, Father's Day thing, but we basically put a bunch of pictures together in tribute to them. And then we picked this song because that song was really meaningful to us at the time. So it's kind of unfair because that song has always been like the first song that I held on to from a mom and dad standpoint. And so that's probably why it still carries to number one to this day for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I like this song, but I felt that it was just the lyrics were like really basic to me. Like they didn't have a really deep meaning. Mm-hmm. Like they use no metaphors or anything. So that's why I couldn't get into it. Well, duh, that's it, why. it is a good song, but it does play more towards our generation who like are more momika because it right. is like a momika song. Yeah. A lot of other people, the people in our generation, we can relate to the song. Right. Because we can actually understand it. Yes. True. <laughs> uh, right. I do not do good with metaphors in home. Yes. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, they were not fucking and eating pussy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mother's Day, okay? So, Let's keep that stuff off. All right. So we go to my number one. So my number one is Gunia by Mblong Hyung. This song is like a real OG song. Like just the beat 
in the beginning, got to be too shit, huh? You feel that? You're like, damn, dude, this shit is heavy, you know? But like the lyrics are so fucking deep. The part where you know the first in the first verse where he talks about "kanye yo lundo, tekanye yo daiara," like damn, dude, that is so fucking deep to me. Like whenever I listen to this song, like I start to tear up, you know. And I challenge anyone to fucking listen to this song and not tear up. Like, if you don't fucking tear up, you're not fucking human, dude. <laughs> no, I'm not even fucking kidding, man. But or else either that or else you don't understand Hmong language, yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I probably didn't pick up on the lyrics and the metaphors that well. Because I gave it a listen. I, I, I did pick out the beat. You know, it had a good old school beat. I heard that mm-hmm. right away, right? It didn't make my top five, but it was close because it had a music video and the dude's split haircut was just on fire, dude. <laughs> Maybe remember, let me think of... Um, Early 2000s? <laughs> yeah, that's what I rocked from like sixth grade to like 11th grade, man. For serious, dude. That shit was fucking... That shit was on fire back then, dude. <laughs> So yeah, that's my number one. All right, man. So let's get into uh, Mong Lu Mong or Triple H. So this is a really special one because this is our first submission from a live, breathing human being. So this one is from Ming Lore from the Minneapolis area. It goes, Dear two mom boys, I don't have the relationship that I want with my mother. I live three hours away from her, so I don't see her often. She is also very busy, and she often does not want to visit me. The biggest issue in our relationship is that my mother can be somewhat controlling, and I feel like even though I'm 34 years old now, my mother still wants to treat me like a little child and control certain aspects of my life. This is an issue, because when I do not listen to her, and what she wants, she always says that I don't love her, and that's why I don't listen. Basically trying to guilt trip me. That makes me feel very sad inside, and I just want my mother to respect me like an adult and understand that I still love her, even if I disagree with her. How can I improve our relationship because I want to enjoy the time that we have left together? All right, Ming, what do you think? I think I'm going to pass this lawsuit back to you first. Well, based off on what I'm reading... I notice the major issue here is you want your mom to respect you like an adult. But in order to do that, you have to be a, an adult. And what I mean by that is you have to talk to her like you're an adult or act like you're an adult. Like if she's lecturing you, don't just snap back at her. That's not how it works. If she's listening to you, make her feel like you're listening to her. Be receptive. Think about what she said and then respond in a way that you huh? Like, that's really hard for young people like us because that's one of the hardest things like for our generation. You know, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of practice, but that's my best advice for how to get your parents to treat you like an adult. But from what our submitter is saying too, though, it sounds like if it's not what his mother wants to hear, anything. But that's the thing, man. You have to... Think about what she wants to hear and then tailor your response in a way that she wants to hear. That's the hardest part. That's the part of being an adult. <laughs> so it's kind of like what you're telling our submitter then is you say, well, yeah, yeah. So that he acknowledges it so she can feel good and then he can just do yes. whatever he wants. No, no, no. You still have to. <laughs> Acknowledging is the most important part. But your response is what takes you to the next level. 
So I guess from my experience, what I would tell our submitter is, you know, cut the ocean day. So it seems like while connecting Tauna and your mom can be on her own, I'm not sure she's willing yet to concede some of that control. So I think and when your mom becomes more reliant on you, I think that she will be more open to hearing and understanding and taking you where you are, which kind of sucks because you said you don't have a lot of time left together. You don't want to have to wait until that needs to happen, but that might just be what you need to do. And I think, you know, one thing that has worked for me that has helped build the relationship and avoid these conversations at the same time is to just send her a bunch of songs that talk about how much you love her <laughs> stupid but uh then again if she does respond with the correct answer is <laughs> thanks everyone for listening to our podcast so you guys can check us out on facebook at two mom boys or shoot us a dm if there's any topics that you want to hear us talk about or want to send us questions for our Mongu Monk segment. Also subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And don't forget to hit that five stars. Tune in next week, y'all. All right, peace out, guys. Yeah,